0: This show is not for the faint of heart. If you're craving personal growth that goes beyond the surface level, then you're in the right place. Get ready to unlock your mind, unleash your authenticity, ignite your purpose and passion, and fortify your emotional resilience. Say goodbye to drama and distraction and hello to new potential. As a former lawyer and business leader turned certified high performance coach, I know what it takes to excel in life. I'm here to push you beyond your comfort zone, challenge your beliefs and spark a transformation that will revolutionize the way you work, have relationships and your well-being. You've already taken the first step by being here. So buckle up because we're about to go on this life-changing journey together. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome. It is so nice to have you here. Let's talk about how to motivate your team. Motivation can be tricky business, can't it? Each person responds in their own way to various kinds of motivation. Motivation is also fickle because it depends on moods, your mood, whether you feel like doing something, their mood, whether they feel like doing something and requires frequent pep talks and top-ups to stay motivated. But we can get around the deficiencies of motivation by shifting towards another way of creating the connection, the drive, and the urgency that you want in your team. And that is the shift to inspiration. Inspirational leadership taps into the unique driving force, energy, and passion of each individual in your team while creating alignment, elevating culture, increasing collaboration, and stoking that urgency to act. So to make the shift towards this inspirational style of leadership, I've got five big ideas and practices for you to consider. The first big idea is gain, maintain, and give clarity. You've got to give clarity about how to think. When you're wanting to motivate your team, they have to be clear. So whenever you're looking to energize and inspire your team to take action, you've got to explain how you've achieved what you're asking them to do. You've got to give them an example, a bit like teaching someone how to fish. You've got to explain the process of fishing and explain why it's important. When you teach someone how to think, you're explaining how you have achieved the goal or activity you're asking them to do. You may tell them about, we're well, taking that fishing, that fishing example, the best time of year to go fishing, you know, how you select the location, which equipment is best, how to select and attach the bait to the hook, how to cast, how to reel it in, how to know when to keep the fish or give it back to mother nature. You've also got to explain why what you're asking them to do is important. So how what you're asking them to do fits into the overall strategy of the business. They have to know the importance. Usually your team will hear the important strategy once at the annual kickoff event for your company, and they won't hear it again until something is going wrong. Once they understand how it fits into the business, they have to understand how it fits into the team. They have to understand how what you're asking them to do fits into their team goals. So that next level down from business goals. People need to have clarity about what each other's contributions need to be, the expectations and have boundaries in place. So once they've understood the greater business objectives and how we're asking them fits into that and they understand the team objectives and the contributions, expectations and boundaries there, they need to know individually how achieving the business's goals ties to what they want to achieve on a personal level. They have to connect the business with the personal. We are all working for a reason, aren't we? And the sooner you find that out, the better you'll be able to energize and inspire your team. So that thread of clarity has to come from the top, the business objectives through to the department and team objectives through to individual goals and targets. They have to see that thread. The second big idea I've got for you is you've got to challenge people all the time. You've got to challenge people in your team all the time. So challenge isn't about bossing people around. I mean, see how long that will last in this day and age. Not very. So challenge is about getting people to put some of their own skin in the game. That's what a good challenge does. It asks you to apply yourself, to give something of yourself. So as a leader or a manager, you've got to coach your people through this process And the most effective way to get their contribution is to ask them questions in this sequence. What, how, who, when? What is your goal? How would you like to achieve it? How else could you achieve it? Who do you need at the table or to support you? When is the deadline and when are the milestones between now and then that I can expect you to check in with me on? Because it's their game plan, because you've extracted it from them, they're naturally inclined to prioritize this work. They want to contribute at a higher level because they don't want to see their creation fail. This is the number one rule of leadership. Remember this, people support and prioritize what they create, not what you create. The third big idea is role model the way. So as a leader or manager, you've got to walk your talk. People won't believe the message if they don't believe the messenger. They won't do or believe what you say if they don't see you doing it yourself on some level. So you've got to set equal standards, equal standards for everyone to meet. And you really have to resist giving preferential treatment. Sometimes though, You won't be the best role model. So in these instances, you've got to find and showcase someone to your team that your team relates to or aspires to be like, who has also achieved that desired outcome. Your team need proof. They need to see proof that what you're asking them to do is possible for them. And you can achieve this by showcasing role models who will unpack how they've achieved their success. This is most obvious to me when businesses expect their sales team to just sell a bigger suite or a new set of products and solutions. Products and services or a whole new solution. But people often stick with what they know until something has been proven to them. They'll keep selling what they've sold for years and years and years until they know it's possible for them to make money, have impact and create success with the new thing. So this is where you can really unlock that change, unlock that transformation within your team. This is often then going to be a teammate who has achieved the success, someone who is super relatable. So instead of relying on, you know, product blueprints and, you know, giving people an insight into how the technology works or relying on stuff like WhatsApp shout outs or work socials to bring people together and show them how it works. Make it instead a habit to really showcase, get into the nitty gritty, to showcase the great work that people are doing and the success that individuals are having more frequently, say on a monthly basis, you have to be more intentional about showcasing success, showing the role model. And the way you can do this is by asking the person publicly during those meetings, leading questions that will prompt that role model to unpack how they achieved it. Now, this, these meetings are opportune times to really celebrate work well done to clarify the standards and new expectations that the business has and to really acknowledge people who are doing well. Everyone wins. So these first three big ideas, teaching people how to think, challenging them and role modeling the way are the foundations of influence or the science of influence. They are the steps to take to have more influence, impact and inspiration with your team inspirational leaders and managers, if you look more closely, they are always taking these three steps. They're dancing about in these three steps, in every meeting, in every conversation, in every message they are typing. They are challenging people, they're role modeling, and they're teaching how to think. So even people we might've looked up to may be early in our careers or when we were younger, they personally inspired us. They were showing us the way They were challenging us to set a a new standard for ourselves and to show up better. They were being the example for us to follow the blueprint. This stuff works. And if you choose to apply these steps in your next meeting, you will immediately become more effective. You will immediately become more inspirational. The fourth big idea is that micromanaging Is mediocrity. It's mediocre and mediocrity breeds mediocre results. So please, please don't be that person who is looking over people's shoulders, breathing down their necks, and pinging them on every channel for an update. Refer to the number one rule of leadership people support and prioritize what they create, not what you create. So when you get your team's skin in the game, they are naturally inclined to do the work that you're asking them to with more urgency. They will prioritize it and they'll contribute at a higher level towards the things that they've created. They don't want to let themselves down. (laughs) They've got a reputation to uphold. So this is why the idea of teaching people how to think, challenging them and role modeling the way is really important because then you won't have to check in constantly, chase, spend your time redoing their work. Because not only have they got their skin in the game, but you've both got clarity about the deadlines and any milestone meetings that they've decided to pop into your diary. So then all you've got to do is make sure they've got the right tools, skills, and time protected to actually get the job done. And then you get to get on with your own work. You get to do that deep work that you need to do, that uninterrupted, deep work. Spend time with your family. Actually go out and exercise the stuff that you know you need to do for you. When you stop micromanaging and start challenging better, you inspire others to really excel and you win back time for yourself. This is nice, isn't it? Of course, nothing always goes to plan. Because life happens, business happens, people happen. And ideally, you've factored in some time for mistakes to be corrected. But there will most definitely be a level of trust required. You have to step back and give people space. Guide and then step aside. Now, if you think that you can do everything better than everyone else, you either haven't delegated or outsourced properly or empowered properly, or you're just working with the wrong team. You know, you haven't hired the right people around you. Maybe you need more influence with your senior management or your colleagues to get a bigger budget to hire more people who who can do the work. Or maybe it's a, it's a real um, personal issue and you're insecure about your own worth and value in the company. So you want to be seen to be doing everything and they can't get rid of you because you're the linchpin that's holding everything together. If that's you, grab a coach, my friend. The fifth and final big idea is to encourage creativity. Now, don't be too quick to say that won't work. That's the death of creativity and innovation. And oftentimes, you know, team members, especially those smart people you've hired, (laughs) they just need to talk through their ideas from start to finish before they see where the plan might fall down or to see that it might not work right now. And this is good news because it becomes obvious that it's the wrong timing or they need other bits and pieces to fall into place. And Really, that company time and money will be saved instead of wasted figuring it out. So what I love about holding space for people to speak when you're challenging them, so really getting clear on that what, how, who, when, is that while something may sound flawed to you, bite your tongue, bite your tongue. Because you may get that stroke of genius, and not an actual stroke, (laughs) but a stroke of genius, and think of a unique solution that leads to more creativity, that leads to them being able to implement their idea, that leads to innovation, that leads to greater levels, unexpected levels, hello, of impact. So influence is a science, my friend, and it doesn't depend on your personality. It doesn't depend on your position. And it doesn't even depend on how much you're paid. There are clear and proven steps to having influence in any room for you to be able to take up more space, give more value, know exactly what to say next and feel clear, calm and confident about your mission in that room. Your high performance challenge is to get better at challenge. So in your very next meeting, I want you to practice asking questions that start with what, how, who and when, instead of learning out the answer or holding back because you're unsure how to be of value. If you're wanting to motivate and energize and inspire your team specifically, then your challenge is to get into the habit of asking those what, how, who, when questions over and over and over again until you've set a new expectation in your team for how to interact with you and your team members and approach you with that mindset and ideas pre-prepared for you to help them more quickly implement. That is your challenge. Now, I coach lots of leaders and sales teams who are under arguably the most pressure to be influential motivational and inspire their teams, clients, and their prospects to take specific urgent action. And challenge is one area that most people glaze over. They don't challenge at all, thinking they've explained enough about how to think about the situation, and they've provided role models or case studies or client examples of the outcome that impact the success. Because they fear coming across in the wrong way that's why they don't challenge but people love a challenge especially an indirect challenge when you're asking them those what how who when questions because guess what it helps them get new levels of clarity Remember to listen to episode 16 for how to build your influence persona and brand at work to really check in on your influence persona. And if you haven't done this in the last 12 months, to really update your influence persona at work, that leadership persona, that managerial persona to make sure it's still relevant. And then also listen to episode 17, how to increase your influence and impact to really dive deeper into the science of influence, really dive deeper into each of those steps, teaching people how to think, challenging them, and role modeling the way. I have good news. I have made an influence answer guide to give to you. So how to become more influential at work, answering the top 10 most frequently asked questions on influence at work, having that impact at work. I answer questions like, you know, how do I... Delegate so I don't micromanage? How do I stop overthinking what to say in meetings? How do I become more influential and high impact, Tanya? You know, how about difficult people? How do I deal with them and how do I deal with distractions? You know, I've got a lot of self doubt. You know, I feel a bit like an imposter sometimes. How do I deal with that so I have more impact and influence? Now, if any of those questions excite you, I mean, there's 10 total, head over to www.tanyalesley.com forward slash influence guide. I'll also drop that link into the show notes. Grab it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to support my High Performance Made Simple podcast, you'd really make me smile. Please share it with three awesome people. Maybe they're your mates, colleagues, or your partner in life. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on LinkedIn at Tanya Semrad or Instagram and TikTok at Tanya underscore high performance. And I look forward to tuning in with you again soon. Ciao for now.